Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Exurga Deus dissipentur inimici eius, et pugiancio derenteum a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Well, 2023 has finally gone out the door. Praise God. 2024 is up next. I hope you went to Mass today, as, as today is in the traditional calendar, the Feast of the Circumcision, and in the new calendar, the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. Um, both, I think, were marked as holy days of obligation, although from what I understand this year, it's been waived. Go to Mass anyway. <clears throat> ah, and here we are with the beginning of the, with, with the, beginning of the news. Um, I have with me Builder Mike. Say hello, Builder Mike. Hello, Caleb. <laughs> we're going to be covering this year's news 
uh, picking up and well, picking up and around all the craziness that's happened, both, you know, in the church and in the world. But before we go, this is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias do praesidium. Imperetti lideis supplicas de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum de trude. Amen. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum, miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancti Iosif, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. Oh, what a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a year indeed. <laughs> I mean, in the secular sphere, this year saw Trump's house raided, um, Hunter Biden indicted, Trump indicted, I don't know, 15, 20 times. <laughs> yeah. On the second... You know, the Ukraine war not going well. <laughs> Israel. Oh, that, 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 yeah. Another mess. Yeah, it did mess after mess after mess for this whole year. Yeah. And then on the church side, oof. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to, like, like as much, all I have is this last month just pounding in my head. And it's easy to forget that there was a bunch of other church news that happened through the course of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, and, it's, and it's like the hits just keep on coming. Yep. So before we get started too much, I want to just pull up a quote, uh, supposedly from His Holiness Pope Francis, <clears throat> um, out of uh, Der Spiegel, that was reported on, on 1 Peter 5 in 2016 by Mackey Hickson. And the quote I'm going to pull out is this, quote, in a very small circle, Pope Francis is said to have self-critically further explained himself as follows. It is not to be excluded that I will enter history as the one who split the Catholic Church. Close quote. There we go. And that does seem to be what has finally come to pass. And, um, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, in a, in, a, in a a whimpering kind of way. Well, uh, kind of, kind of. It yeah, does get to the end. Uh, this last thing that happened, it's more of a whimper than a bang. Um. Well, I don't know. I think it actually most literally was a bang. The bang of the sound of lightning blowing the key out of the hands of Saint Peter down in Buenos uh, Aires. Is, there is that. <laughs> I mean, there was the uh, there was the, the the lightning strike at the beginning of this uh, alleged uh, uh, alleged pontificate. Uh, when lightning struck the, uh, the dome of uh, St. Peter's. Yep, yep. When uh, when His Holiness Pope Benedict the Sixteenth <clears throat> announced that he was resigning the papacy. And chaos ensued because we had what ten years of people going, well, he's still the Pope, and this, that, and the other. And I mean, I, so the word confusion 
I think is probably the most apt. I was looking it up the other day because I remember somebody saying, hey, you know, confusion is not doesn't mean the same thing today that it originally meant. Yeah. Apparently, confusion actually used to mean ruin. At least as late as the 18th century, the word confusion meant ruin. And that's kind of what I felt all year this year. Interesting, yeah. Well, we know, but you know, we know who uh, is the, uh, the well, maybe not the author, but the uh, the, the, uh, the sower of confusion, as it were. Well, I mean, we do know who it is. And uh, it, it, you know, the devil is the author of confusion, and it does actually work in both senses of the word. I think, yeah, that's 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 another interesting. Uh, Interesting thing there. Um, yeah, it's it's a that's uh, one of the things that the uh, you know I think that the people that were have uh, us who have said that uh, us who said that Benedict was Pope all along that he never validly resigned, um, and uh, now it's kind of like well. It's not. Uh, it's not quite. It's not quite the issue that it, uh, that it was in the past. Uh, true. True. The, uh, many, many may may know Fuego. Uh, not, not Fuego. Frigo. Yeah. Mene, yeah Frigo. Yep. Mene Frigo. <clears throat> I got to be honest with you. That that was kind of when I first started hearing about the the uh, the the Beneplenis position. Mm-hmm. And the more recent, you know, all of those recent versions of set of acontism that that have started to sort of and I say set of acontism, not in the traditional, not in the actual known sense of the word. Right. Um, but those yeah. but the, you know, the interregnumists or, the, you know, the beneplenists, all of those various uh, discussions, I think for me, my whole perspective was actually best like summed up with the set of Benefrego. Um, it, you know, not I, like, it's not, I'm a layman, I'm a mechanic. I'm not the one who's going to be like, Hey, this guy's, I mean, you know, I can identify, Hey, this is heretical and that's kind of a thing. And I don't actually think that the Pope is Catholic based on, you know, what he's saying about Christ and communism. Like yeah. I can say all of those things, mm-hmm. but like everybody's been trying to beat the drum and kind of remind all of the people who'd like to get butthurt about all of the various opinions, we don't have the juridical authority to make the declaration. We well, don't. I mean, yeah, but we don't. We don't have to make a declaration. You know, that's yeah. the thing. You, you know it, and you and you and you act on it. You you give it the you give the the situation the uh, the consideration that it deserves. And if exactly. You, you have the, and, and you make your decisions based on yeah, and you make on, your decisions based premise. Yeah, base premise is off. Your decision is going to be off, and that's the that's the reason for all this confusion is because people base premise that um, Jorge uh, Mario Bergoglio is the Pope has caused all sorts of confusion. Yep, and. <clears throat> So those people who say, well, we have to, if he's saying it, either either they're either butthurt because he's saying it, because it's offensive and it's not Catholic, or they're trying to 
um, worked out the contradictions when, you know, the law of non-contradiction always and everywhere applies. So. Well, I, th I think the one comparison, and I'm finally after, you know, two or three years of trying to figure out how to say it. The one comparison I would make it to, it's kind of like the Eucharist. If a priest doesn't follow the proper form and doesn't have the intention and, and actually doesn't check any of the blocks that are necessary in order to transubstantiate the bread and wine into the body and blood, right. the guy in the pew has no actual way of knowing if that is, if it is bread and wine or if it is our Lord's body and blood. And that's kind of the way it's going here. You know, it's obvious that Pope Francis is not interested in being the vicar of Christ. It's obvious that he's a communist and a Peronist, and he's all of these things that are decidedly not Catholic. Right. And for the rest of us, because he wears the he wears the white cassock, he lives in Rome. He's supposed to be celebrating Mass in you know in uh, the Basilica of Saint John Lateran, which it recently came out that he has not in quite some time. Um, interesting thing that's. <laughs> you know, recently. Yeah, but for the rest of us, like, we're looking and we're going, okay, well, he's obviously not Catholic, so is he the Pope? And it's like, well, he's still executing the temporal authority of the Pope, and that makes it much more difficult. And because realistically, yeah, because realistically speaking, if he's not the Pope, then he had no right to, then he had no authority to remove uh, Bishop Strickland from the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. Yeah, you know, he if he's not the Pope, then he really didn't have the authority to strip Cardinal Burke of his um, of his pension and, you know, make all the changes that he's making in, in the in the apartments in Santa Marta. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so. But. He did. And so we have to kind of look and go, OK, so now, you know, when I say Pope Francis and I think I've made this clear on previous podcasts, it's more of an accusation. You know, this way, A, I'm not actually putting myself in near occasion of actually offending against the church. Um, but secondarily, um, I know exactly what I'm saying, and I know this guy's a communist. Yeah. And a communist is not a Catholic, and a Catholic, and you have to be Catholic to be Pope. Oh, there you go. So that's so, I say anti-Pope Francis, you know, and, and it kind of comes down to this, well... It, 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 uh, I don't get uh, overly concerned about making pronouncements because I'm, you know, I'll lay nothing. So, and, and the the idea of um, what I have to do in my uh, uh, sphere of life, very little of papal pronouncements uh or who is the pope you know i mean since uh since i go to the uh apostolic mass well, i never hear i never hear the name mentioned yeah because he's not talking loud enough when i'm serving like, yeah it's, it's one of it's one of the things i like about the about the uh the apostolic mass yeah. is you know if you're in the pews most of the time you can't hear the priest yep. and so if the priest is say said of a contest or something like that and or says a different name or whatever mm -hmm. well, i'm not gonna know 
as long as he confects the mass, as long as he confects the sacrament properly, it, I honestly, I legitimately don't care. I care more about how good of a confessor the priest is. Um, I don't even really care how good of a homilist the priest is. I can, I care about his capacity to confect the mass and to, you know, uh, to be a good, good confessor. That's it. Yeah. And see, that's what goes back to this is the, the separation between the, the traditional, we'll say the people who call us those that attend the apostolic mass, the traditionalists and the people that, that don't, uh, the uh, modernists, just for the sake of uh, getting everything down. But the thing that the modernists have is since all of their, their entire um, the entire mass there is spoken out loud, you know, in a clear voice on, on amplifiers usually, it makes it a lot uh some ways it's easier to see if they're if they're saying the wrong thing. That is true. And that's uh you know and there's so there's so little I mean that's left in that in that mass that it's you know I mean, unless unless you know the police, it's, it's the uh, consecration is questionable. Yeah, and that's um, so for those of you who maybe don't recall or haven't listened in a while, um, a few months ago when gas prices went up through the roof and I and I hit a deer on my way back from from uh, the society chapel that I that I attended in um, in eastern Montana. Um, I have not had the financial capacity to make that 200 mile drive um, for actually for the whole rest of the year. Um, and so I have been stuck, uh, marooned, you might say, um, attending a Novus Ordo parish in my town. Mm-hmm. But thanks be to God, <clears throat> my priest is an advocate for the return of the apostolic mass. And so, and so, even though he is by by uh, by order of his bishop and you know traditionis custodis uh, to celebrate the Novus Ordo, he does celebrate like he celebrates on his own private masses that are that are traditional right. Um, that you know they're private masses, but he still leaves the door open to anyone to attend. Oh, uh, and he is he is he's a celebrant of the unicorn Novus Ordo. Mm-hmm. In Latin, smells and bells. Only altar boys, no girls at the no girls at the altar. Um, and so when he confects when he confects the sacrament, it's silent. Yep. There so, you go. And you and you can and you can see it because I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. I think there there are days I'm reasonably certain that he's actually in tears when he's confecting the sacrament because he because he knows he's only getting so close. Mm-hmm. The um. He, this is in the even in the Novus Ordo Mass. He's he's doing uh, silent uh, mm-hmm. creation. Yep. Well, yeah, he does it by the he does it by the original rubrics. Nice. So the um, and that that has been tremendously helpful. Yes. The um, it still grates me to no end 
because I know because I know the other 80s. Uh, yeah, the other 87 percent of the Holy Mass, it's not being celebrated. Um, and the, yeah, it, it's it puts me in a very precarious position because I want nothing more than to celebrate, you know, you know, <clears throat> just give me a low mass. It doesn't have to be a pontifical high mass. I don't have to go like all crazy. Just give me a low mass. Yeah. It's quiet. I can pray. I go receive Holy Communion. <clears throat> I pray some more and everybody. And because you're silent the whole time, nobody stands up and starts walking around talking. Yeah. Um, and he and I have briefly discussed the fact that when he was before Traditionis Custodis, he was celebrating. He was celebrating the Apostolic Mass. And like he celebrated the Novus Ordo in the morning and then he celebrated the, uh, the Apostolic Mass in the later morning. And in the early morning one, there's like 30 people. And then at the Apostolic Mass, the pews were full. And then yeah. Traditionis Custodis came out and within weeks. Is now maybe 50 people per mass. Now they're, yeah, now they're, now they're, yeah. yeah. That's actually good for uh, oh, this is Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. The uh, and what and what he usually does, and I won't obviously, I'm not going to out myself too much as to where yeah. I attend Holy Mass because I don't want the bishop's hammer because we also just got a new bishop. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I've been slowly feeling out the new bishop, trying to see how he's going to run the diocese. The um, <clears throat> and his seat is actually in town, so that's kind of. so one of these days i need to head out there and actually see what's going on i do know um that he for the most part it's not him who celebrates mass at that at the cathedral so we'll see i don't know it's been a little bit more difficult because i'm trying to be as subtle as i can and not and not be the warhammer that i'm inclined to be yeah but you know it's uh, like I, like i said it is what it is we you yeah. know it, it's the um i'm blessed because you know father is a good confessor mm-hmm. um he's the uh, <laughs> we did <laughs> had another priest come in i actually confessed to one of the other priests in the diocese because he came in to assist for confession because the line was long and he just happened to walk in and he goes hey looks like you could use another confessor um, which kind of speaks to the quality of the priests that we have here. Uh, yeah. The uh, <clears throat> and he almost made it impossible for me to do my penance because he made a remark at the end because um, the my act of contrition is in Latin. Everybody knows what my Latin sounds like on this pro- on this podcast, so you know so you know what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of caught him by surprise, and he said something about it. And it was, you know, a good something, but it was very distracting. It was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, I get you. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I'm in, I'm in front of the Blessed Sacrament, trying, trying to actually do the remain, like actually do my penance. Yeah. And this thought, just what he said, kept flying through my head, and I'm just like, Angel, I really need you to push that out of my head so I can just talk to my Lord. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> we, we got a we got a new priest in August, and uh, the first time I served mass with him, he uh, he complimented my Latin, and I was like, wow. And I'm like, I'm still, you know, I still need because I I don't I don't do it often enough, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks. 
So I'm still using the cue cards. And uh, um, and he asked me, he says, your, your Latin is so good. Do you, you know, do you like run the altar boys here? And I'm like, no, I, I, I barely know it myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely, I don't know, it catch it. It caught me by it. It shocked me. It it shocked me enough because it was one of those like, oh well, thank you, Father, and um, now I'm going to go sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament and and think about how a voice I don't recognize because I, you know, this is my first, this is my first time even talking to the priest. I I don't know what he looks like. I've never I never saw his face. I was I was still facing the Blessed Sacrament um, when when everybody in the confession line in you know in line for confession had already gone through. And so when they came, and so when they came out, I never, I didn't turn around. Yep. Uh, so I don't, I still don't even know what the priest looks like. The, um, <clears throat> the, uh, but yeah, it was. <laughs> oh man, it made it made actually focusing focusing in on that penance very very difficult. <laughs> the, um, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. I was like, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please, <laughs> it's like I don't need that thought in my head. I just want to commune with my Lord. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, in honor of in honor of the uh, this this the new year and everything, and our our getting together after such a long time, I'm having a nice one of uh, one of the. Cigars that I bought from Mike Church and a, a nice little glass of bourbon. How about you? Um, well, I'm. I actually just finished my cup of coffee, so if I start talking faster, that's why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and enjoy and enjoying a nice uh, a nice bowl of cherry vanilla tobacco. <clears throat> out of out of uh, my newer pipe that actually kind of it's weird i'm still getting used to the stem on this one because it's got that sort of um gandalf-esque kind of curve to it oh yeah so like <clears throat> i'll be i'll be i'll be pulling off of it and just kind of walking around and then i'll actually go to do something i have to, have to like adjust like my tire or something and my handle hit the bowl yep. despite the fact that because i'm used to it actually sticking straight out in front Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> I prefer the curve myself. It just uh, it seems to me to be a little more I don't know, balanced. Sticking, you know, you know, the way it hangs out of the hangs out of the jaw there, you know. <clears throat> yeah, this one actually has a uh, actually about a seven inch long stem that wow. actually S curves. And so it's. So it like when I go to it like when I even if I just actually go to like right around middle of my chest I like it actually yeah. sits right there. Yep. Nice. So I'm, I'm also wearing my uh Mancipium Maria Mancipium Maria sweater that I got from Mike Church. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I mentioned before we started recording the uh, that was um, I was listening to the uh, uh, to the Mike Church show on the way home, 
and he announced, and he announced that you'd won. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. As I was right. As I was pulling into the house, it was like, and we, and we got the winners for the manly and Mary, uh, for the Mary and manly Christmas. <clears throat> and he ran, went through the names and I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, look at that. I know that guy. <laughs> uh, it was like one of those, I mean, I, you know, I, I hardly ever win contests and, uh, it was like, wow. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was good for, for the, for the time of year and, you know, with things, things as they are living by myself and not having family around. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a nice boost. Definitely. Definitely. I love the embroidery on, on that, uh, on the, on the fleece that's in there, the, uh, real knights kneel for the queen. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely love that. And the, um, <clears throat> gracious <laughs> man, that actually is a nice, is a nice bonus to the year that was kind of crap. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't know this year. I think, okay. So, I didn't want to hit this until the end, but I, I'm really feeling compelled. <clears throat> so that stupid freaking announcement from the Vatican, Fiducia uh, Supplicans. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think people really understand how much of a betrayal that is. Like, I, like I know a lot of like a lot of Catholics understand it. The African bishops of like nearly every country in Africa understands how much of a betrayal it is. Mm -hmm. um, but like for all of the people who are in courage, who are actually involved in, in the courage program, which is the direct opposite of outreach outreach, right. by the way, is for those of you who don't know is father James Martin's little LGBT Catholic circle. Yeah. Um, courage is actually the legitimate Catholics trying to get right and live according to the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, and they both minister minister. I'm going to put that in quotation marks when it comes to when it comes to Jimmy Martin. Um, but they both ministered to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And I know right now with fiducia supplicants, everybody who's involved in the, in the courage ministry is furious. Mm, no, I, they I, have I, to be. Yeah. <clears throat> they have to be because this is literally undermining everything that they're doing. absolutely abominable and then i mean given the fact that it like everybody's kind of focused on the lgbt rainbow aspect of it but it does extend wider than that i mean we are now actually talking about the the possibility of blessing incest and blessing divorced and remarried i mean they were kind of doing that anyway um but like yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then it, it gets i mean it's just another sign that this is this is not a true, a not an anti, you know, an anti-pope. It's just another, you know. I mean, then how much, how much, how much longer, Lord, how much longer? <laughs> it, it, it's for those people who are following the fat, like the Fatima message. Mm -hmm. Anybody who thought that the Fatima message was over. Go back and, and check the message. The devil is preparing for a decisive battle against marriage and the family. That's in the message. Yep. So and clearly, you know, clearly we, we're still in it. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been in it and it's getting, 
it's getting more and more of a pitched battle. And one of, I said, and then one of the things that I think that you know about this is that because because it came down from um, that was signed, which is unusual, by the man that the world thinks is Pope. There's going to be a lot of priests that are going to get the the cake treatment. Oh, this actually opens the door for worse than that. So remember, you have countries like like uh, England and Ireland that have hate crime laws right. that are that are specifically geared toward the protection of the rainbow personalities. Right. This is a huge problem because now any of those priests who who decline, yep. who you know from legitimate Catholic conscience are now yeah. actually going to be subject to hate crimes yeah like and and yeah. who are they going to go to they, they're not going to be able to appeal to the pope the pope just signed this document yep and that's going to get and same thing actually likewise in canada um in africa i i just found this out i think uh this morning i was going through uh some of the news and this is actually um, tied in to some ACP legislation in um, the United Nations, where now the bishops in Africa are put in a really, really seriously bad position. For the AC, for those of you who don't know, ACP legislation is Africa, the Caribbean, and the Pacific. All of these locations have very, very heavy ties to the to the Catholic Church and to Catholics and like. You're talking about a lot of places that are significantly more Catholic than, say, France. Right. The and the United Nations is actually going. This is the first time that the United Nations has actually dove in and gone beyond just the financial stuff with the IMF and and the uh, and the World Bank and stuff like that. This now they're actually talking about legislating in African nations against well actually in line with fiducia supplicants which is why you've got the bishops from malawi the congo nigeria niger um i mean just all of 49 countries in africa the ones who are most targeted by this by the way who are who just came out and said this is absolutely not this is a betrayal this is not the catholic faith and we're not going to stand for this and this is what this is what has i mean this is one Sooner or later, it has to get down to the Jesus side. And uh, it's becoming easier and easier. Even though the, you know, the, 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 the world could be harder, the certainly uh, treatment that the world will give us can be harder and harder. Uh, it gets easier and easier to just... Me in my house. Well, conveniently, this has illustrated the civil war that's been going on in the church. And for anybody who thinks, like, unlike civil wars in nations, the civil war within the Catholic Church has, up to this point, actually been civil. However, oh, yeah. with the African bishops, mm-hmm. um, South American bishops, because there are several, there are, uh, Several conferences in South America, the African bishops and a few other and a few other conferences, uh, the Ukrainian U- uh, Ukraine, the Ukrainian Catholics um, and the Catholic Church in Kazakhstan. Um, they like we actually now have battle lines drawn. And if you look, 
It's the bishops conferences with cardinals lead with cardinals leading them in many cases. And it's Africa, South America, Asia against Europe, particularly Germany. With yeah. the United States just kind of phoning it in going, meh. Well, they're trying to be, you know, politically correct because they, I mean, they are, they already got their, um, um, they already got beat up in the courts with the uh, uh, sex abuse thing. So they, yeah, and they're, they're, you know, like, like I said, this, this thing in the United States is going to be the civil, you know, sue me if you don't bake my cake type thing. Yeah, and that's actually, from what I understand, that's actually already starting in the United States. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I believe it. <clears throat> I don't rip. Oh, man, I barely glimpsed the story, and I remember I was, <laughs> I saw the headline, and I looked, and I'm like, I'm not dealing with this today, and so I scrolled past it. <laughs> but I do remember, it, like, it, there being a headline where it was basically already starting, you know, bake the cake, bigot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, <laughs> Bless my relationship, bigot. Yeah, the, um, yeah it's been the thing is that you know the whole. That, that's I mean it, 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 there is there has been a, a civil war and it's been mostly civil. Um, but there's been, I think this could be something that maybe will be uniting, with the uh, you know what we like to call the circular firing squad among the. Uh, yeah i've been hearing from a lot more places people willing to be like okay i don't really care what the specifics are and how you feel about who the pope is um but this is not catholic and if we don't defend ourselves from this we're going to be in a world of hurt right i just honestly what i'd like to see is i'd like to see you know say one of the better better bishops in and they exist in the USCCB to actually stand up against the likes of Supich and others who are, you know, I mean, we're, what's wild is that there's, I don't think there's a conference that's more divided in personality than the USCCB. I mean, in all honesty, like you look, you look at the likes of like Bishop Robert Barron, who put out a very milquetoast statement, but he was still very much on the orthodox side of it. He's just like, well, you know, this, that, and the other, but you could tell he was kind of hemming and hawing and making a very political statement. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't doubt for a minute that, that Bishop Barron notes, knows the truth. <clears throat> you know, I like to remind people from time to time, you know, back when he was Father Barron, he was actually responsible for, a, for my initial formation as a Catholic. And I cannot believe that somebody as, as erudite as him can't, can't see the obvious. Well, he was, now, good, uh, he was a good spokesman. I'll, I'll, I, I definitely give him that. He was a very good spokesman, and I, you know, I, 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 he helped, he helped me get back, back to, back to the faith too. So. And I understand why he's scared, if in fact he is scared, um, because before he, obviously before Fiducia Supplicants came out, what they do, they fired, they fired Bishop Strickland, mm -hmm. unceremoniously. And then they stripped Cardinal Burke of of his, of his pension and and everything that he everything that he'd worked for through his whole career, and those were like the two. And I mean, the, you're talking about the two most prominent 
of the you know the better bishops the better the better prelates in the you know from the united states yeah and in immediately prior to that well you fire one unceremoniously and then and then you strip the other one of of all of his privileges um uh <laughs> what did what did anybody think bishop baron was going to say well that's yeah well that's uh, that's unfortunately that's what we have in the in the in the bis the, the bishops and the priests are wide we have you know we don't have stricklands we have barons and that's kind of well i mean we do have because i mean you have bishop uh what was it bishop tobin versus cardinal tobin cardinal tobin being of course the viper and then bishop tobin actually being the better one um but if you but if you like added up all of the cardinals and bishops in the usccb and then divided them out to get the average you land on bishop baron you know you don't you don't land on bishop strickland you land on bishop baron yeah and there's <laughs> And they're, they're, you know, that's the thing is, they're, 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 this is this is uh, once again this is a decision point. Are are you going to are you going to be Catholic? Or are you going to worry about, um, you know, worry about where you're where where you're you know where you're going to live or where your next meal is going to come from and these are the things that uh you know it, it depends on what matters yep how important and, it is then the, these things you know and it's i mean and we've had so much of this we've had it with we had it with the uh with the with the uh the death jab yep you know how yep, very true how many people apostatized and took and took the jab? How many how many people when they shut down the churches never came back? Well, the, I, I mean, was, everybody like they shut was, the church that down. A, that was more of a calling. That like yeah you know, yeah I would I would agree with that. The ones that were like yeah I'm I'm just here out of habit or um you know I like the music or whatever you know once they said oh yeah you know you can you can you can uh, you can stay stay at home and watch it on TV. Nudge nudge, wink wink. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do tend to agree with that. That was a little bit more of a culling, um, you know, because the ones who, because <laughs> the ones who pressed on. I mean, it was as much. It's a much different number. The number actually, because I think it was we were like down to about twenty percent, and then at the after it, it was eight percent of mm-hmm. Catholics actually attending mass every week and like that's kind of a big deal yeah i did a whole podcast running those numbers it's a really really big deal <laughs> um yeah you know <clears throat> out, of the, out of those eight percent you know how many are how many are uh uh, uh at least um Prefer the apostolic mass, whether you can get to it regularly or not. That has been an, like I've noticed in um, in the aftermath of all that, the uh, like a lot of the, a lot of the people who attend Novus Ordo got way more sensitive about the fact that the TLMers were very very ardent 
about the, the, the deficiencies in the Novus Ordo. And so like <clears throat> people got really, really like it's increasingly sensitive. Um, and it, and it's not like I never knew anybody who attended the apostolic mass, um, who didn't separate like faithful Catholics who are attending the Novus Ordo either because they don't have access or because they don't know any better versus the bogus Ordites. Right. And you could tell the bogus Ordites. Bogus Ordites are, you know, the, the Susan of the parish councils, um, right. you know, yeah. with that, you know, they go up and, and they're Eucharistic ministers and they're women at the altar. And like, you can tell the bogus Ordites because they just don't want to actually act properly in church. Don't act that way. <clears throat> yeah. So, and, and a lot of people, I, I, there's a substantive difference. Now right. I will say, um, there is a thing that is disappointing to me. I mentioned I mentioned earlier, you know, when they implemented tra uh, Traditionis Custodis, the the local parish which had the Apostolic Mass available, when they no longer had the Apostolic Mass available, attendance died off, and I don't know where they went. Um, I don't know if they stopped going or if they like went out of their way to actually. And mind you, the the Apostolic Masses that that I was attending prior prior to my, you know, deer strike, right. they were the closest ones. <clears throat> they were right. the nearest ones to where, to where I was. Right. 200 miles was the, it's literally the distance going in one direction was 200 miles going in the other direction was 199 miles. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like 200 miles in either direction to the closest one. Yep. Um, now it's possible that they went over to SSPV, right? But the local SSPV is very ardent about not letting anybody who's in communion currently in communion with Rome receive receive confession or communion. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't had, I haven't had too much exposure to to, to the. Uh... And it's not every SSPV. So right. the priest is, right. it, it's different. It Like it is actually, it's not uniform uh, because not every, not every society of St. Pius V is ardently set of a contest. They're basically set of a contest, but they're not like it's not huge. Like, it's not a of faith for them. Yeah. It, it really depends on where you go. Um, and so it's, it, it's a little bit different. Um, I do know that when I first got here, before Traditionis Custodis, every single mass at the local society, at the local society, uh, uh, the Pius V chapel, every single one of them was standing room only. Well, to be said for that. Yeah. They were standing room only before Traditionis Custodis. They were standing room only after Tradici uh, Traditionis Custodis. Like there was no change. Right. They are standing room only. Right. Um, and it is not a small chapel. We're not talking. We're not talking about like a double wide that was converted into a chapel. We're talking. We're talking about a school that has as its uh, that had like as its gymnasium, which was completely converted, and is this beautiful, beautiful chapel. I mean, like it looks like something you would see in Rome inside. It's gorgeous, <clears throat> um, and it's standing room only. And I think they have a capacity of almost. I think they have a capacity of almost 500 people. And when I say every single mass, it's because the priest actually celebrates multiple masses per day. Wow. The um, and so 
on that end, I'm looking at that and I'm going, you know, Father, Excellency, all you got to do to shut this down is just be like, yeah, we're we're just going to have one place in town. It's going to be that. And he's going to be basically dedicated to that. And that'll be where we put them all. And and you could easily do it. Right. The, uh, because on the website, it still says that there's four locations for the apostolic mass. Um, but I can tell you that one of those locations is the, is the location that I attend at and he's only allowed to do it in private. Wow. And I don't even, and it's questionable as to whether or not he's allowed to do it. It's one of those, it's one of those, I, I know, um, I can sense an increasing tension um, in and around the chapel. Cause at some point he's actually like the, cause all the rest of the priests, they're not like, I don't think they don't celebrate the apostolic mass. Um, but they do have a canonist who's oh, goodness gracious. He's a good confessor. Um, they, like it's, it's wild. It's the dynamic here is weird. Um, and I sense that there's going to be a breaking point and I just want to be there with a basket to catch the pieces so they don't land on the floor. Yeah, that goes back to your um, to our, to our opening uh, question or that question statement about the uh, the schism. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be just. It's, I mean, it's going to be in the in the uh, the universal church. Such as it is, but it's going to be in, uh, in 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 the parishes where, and in you know, it's going to be all all over. It's just it's just it's going to be. Well, that's that was actually, and I managed to glance over, and I forgot to actually put a pin on it directly. If you got the African Bishops Conference and the Asia and 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 bishops in Asia and in South America all saying absolutely not to this. And then you have bishops in Europe that are saying, yeah, absolutely. Let's get some more of it. Yeah. You actually, we've crossed the Rubicon of Cardinal against Cardinal Bishop against Bishop. We're, and we've reached what I would, I would say with fiducia supplicants, we've reached the hour of decision-making you could, you could have hemmed and hawed for a lot of stuff prior to this, mm-hmm. but now, now this is the hour of decision-making. We and I and I'm my prediction for this next year is that something's going to happen. It's going to finish polarizing and it's going to and and we're going to actually see um, the full the fullness of Akita and Fatima and La Salette and even Garabandal take place. Still there? I'm still here. It's, okay. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I believe it. <clears throat> so. <laughs> or, and, that light, uh, and that lightning strike. Goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. That, that's, 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 a, that's become a, an interesting, uh, you know, because I'm seeing on the, uh, on the, on the tweeter that they're, 
Oh uh, well, we're not we're not sure that it really happened. We're we're sending we're sending a cameraman out, and uh, uh, well, that uh, that might that may not have happened. You know, the, 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 all all the the reports are all over the place. True, true, and I'm inclined to go with Dr. Stein. So Dr. Stein released early this morning. Um, he re- he released confirmation of a bunch of stuff and some clarifications. So. Um, the original story was that the lightning struck and, and, and knocked off the halo and destroyed the key. Um, that is not the case. The halo went missing September of 2018, right around the time that Francis introduced, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the document because nobody, almost nobody covered it, but it was basically his, his declaration of intent for creating a synodal church. Um, and it was right around, right around that point. Okay. The um and that was when the halo went missing, and then the keys, the key, excuse me, because for some reason this statue just had the silver key. Uh, the key was eradicated by the lightning strike on December seventeenth, um, and <clears throat> Dr. Stein put video, like he put up pictures of the storm system. Apparently, that region had gotten hit and get had gotten hit by tornadoes, which is way out of the norm for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the conditions were absolutely there for this to happen. Although there's still the question as to why with a building that had like 35 lightning rods, did the lightning strike St. Peter right in the hand? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but, uh, you know. And I will say it was kind of disturbing seeing the pic- the pictures afterwards because all those little dots when you look at the picture those are all mosquitoes. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, like like if you you notice how like the statue in in the one picture where the the halo and the key were still present, um, the statue looked clean, and then in the second one it looked dirty. Well, the dirt was not dirt; those were mosquitoes. Uh. Which apparently is like the that region's national bird. Yeah. <laughs> that that reminds me of another story that I heard about the that you probably heard too about the dome becoming black. You uh, know, I heard somebody mentioning that, and I haven't had. I really want to. I need to actually see if there's any any current pictures of the dome of, of the basilica. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's see. Peter Black Dome. That should be enough to draw the pictures. Images. Uh, nothing recent. I mean, it would stand to reason. I mean, the Statue of Liberty um, <clears throat> has to be cleaned from time to time to restore the green finish. Okay. Is there a way... Uh, uh, that we can send pictures back and forth on this thing. Um, I yeah, actually, you should be able to in the chat. Okay. <clears throat> As I found a good article that shows it uh, side by side. Where where am I going on Skype here? Chat, there it is. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, yep. The, uh... I'm a boomer. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see what's going on there. See it? Interesting. So there's a picture from 2015, and then. Uh, January 1st of this year. I mean, everybody knows it's a bronze dome, right? It's not gold. Right. Yeah, but it's it's showing. It's showing the, the dilapidation that's allowing that, that's being allowed to happen. That's absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, um, it's like, oh, it's turning black. Yeah, that's a bronze dome. It's like when it's perfectly color shiny color. and it looks gold, that's because it's bronze. <laughs> yeah. That it's been one of those, you know, it's just another one of those things, you know, <clears throat> one of those things. I mean, you I know, the, actually... gold, the keys, the, uh, you know. <laughs> so I would actually argue that the that the blackening of the Dome of St. Peter is mm-hmm. more damning because they're not actually taking care of the place. And that's and that's actually like. Like you can make the, oh, it's, it's a spiritual significance. I don't need a spiritual, spiritual significance for that. That's neglect. Well, there you go. Like flat out. That's neglect. And that actually shows you everything that you need to know. So not a whole lot of spiritual interpretation has to go in that one. (laughs) The, um, but yeah, no, it's, 
Now it'd be different if there was like dudes up on the scaffolding and they were cleaning everything off and no matter what they did, it was still turning black. That would be, Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. This, yeah. this is Pope Francis releasing the two doves and one of them getting killed by a raven and the other one getting killed by a seagull. Right. Yeah. There's, but, there's, yeah, there's more, more dramatic things that, uh, So, by the way, actually, come to think about it, I got to looking those up because when we were talking, when uh, when everybody was talking about he released the two two doves and then they immediately got killed. And I'm like, oh, and I was like, okay, one got killed by by a a crow or a raven. All right. That's ill omen. We like you don't even have to dig deep in that one. Everybody kind of knows what's going on there. That's, you know, an omen, an omen of death, an omen of, you know, things that are clearly diabolic. But the seagull was a little confusing. Yeah, I thought all they ate was French fries. So, yeah, yeah, uh, clearly not. So, <laughs> seagulls symbolize liberty in the in the more libertine sense. Uh, so, uh, okay. Francis releases the doves, and it could be interpreted that the devil killed one, and America killed the other. Interesting. So. You wouldn't find a ball. It would have been far more interesting, actually, if it was a ball eagle ball. that showed up. It'd be yeah. like, oh, hey, we know what's yeah. going on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you could ar- but you could actually make the argument that uh, that um, a seagull is more Freemasonic, yeah. sort of yeah, broadly that's, speaking. That's not. I mean, that's just not. That's not just America. That's you know. Correct. It's, yeah, it's the libertine, the wokest. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very much that Masonic. <laughs> but yeah oh man what <laughs> I'm like oh it, you can't be reading everything into the signs yeah but i can read something into the signs <laughs> right yeah then there's yeah there's certain things that's why like i you know like i say you know you don't have to you don't have to go digging deep into each of them but you know after a while after a while enough of these up. Yeah, enough of them pop off, and you should probably ask yourself, are we the baddies? There's something going on here, yep. <laughs> Gracious. Uh, oh, man. So what do you what do you think is going to happen in the new year? Um, that's a good question. It's like, what, 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 what's, what can they possibly do next? Um, I mean, we can start in the secular world. I know that's going to be easier. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The uh, you know the whole thing with uh, Trump getting uh, removed from ballots. Um, <clears throat> there are people who are talking about trying to position Nikki Haley into a vice president's position. I don't actually see that happening. I don't, um, I don't see you know, that. You know, like running on the Trump ticket. I don't, I'd really, like she may be trying for it, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, especially with this latest thing that they hoisted her up for. With the, did you hear about that when they asked her what the Civil War is about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> it's somebody, funny, that was, that was the most correct answer she'd ever given. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like no, no. The party says that the Civil War was about slavery. 
<laughs> yep. God forbid anybody yeah. talk smack about <clears throat> America's first legitimate tyrant, like full on, full blown tyrannical dictator. Yeah. It's weird that I'm saying that. You know, 20 years ago, I would have been like, how dare you say that about Lincoln? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was I was there. You know, that's. I gotta give a I have to I have to give a hat tip to Razorfist for for completing the disabusing the the disabusing me of that because like I was already getting there um because I never I never felt comfortable about the idea of the president launching troops into into one of the states and right. then he and then he did this full hour and a half long documentary that were like a an hour and a half long show where he just went line item by line item using the using the autobiographies <laughs> of all of the people involved to actually damn Lincoln. And I'm just like, oh, so he said it himself. I don't even have to go far. He said it himself. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that sounds, that's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've caught it in bits and pieces. That sounds, that sounds like, uh, where, where is he on the YouTube? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, his channel's called The Rageaholic. You got to be careful because he, he does, he has a penchant for blasphemy. He's got a potty mouth. Uh, um, but the like there's no, I don't know any place else where you're just going to find a single comprehensive multi-part series all in one hour and a half long video that you can actually list like go through and just run down line item by line item. <coughs> the um, and so for those interested enough who can actually um, remember to, you know, say a blessed be um, in the aftermath of each one because he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't go too too far too much, but he does have a potty mouth. Um, uh, the uh, but you know as long as you're you know pl- paying attention and and can remember to uh, say a blessed be, so this way you're not getting fully looped into all that all the nonsense. Because again, now mind you, he's typical modern American, jaded at what he now sees as what was basically lies from the beginning of the from basically everybody after George Washington. And I think a lot of people forget Ben Franklin almost got kicked out of France for being too much of a philanderer. Wow. And given the fact that when he was in yeah, France, he was yeah. in his 70s, yeah. like his 60s, 70s, 80s, that's kind of gross. Like yeah. at some point you really ought to grow up. And, and well, and even in France, I mean uh... – you know that just shows you where uh, where we were and where they were. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Actually, it's extra funny considering considering how much the revolutionaries in France went so much further than the Americans did, <laughs> and he still almost got kicked out for being too much of a uh, too much of a sex junkie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh... Yeah. Let that sink in. There's, yeah. there's, there's wise old Ben Franklin for you there, guys. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> at least, at least John Adams was mostly chaste. <laughs> well, he was more of a Puritan. Yeah, yeah. He had that, uh, yeah. that, that thing going for him. Which... Still a heretic, still broken as a person, still definitely not the kind of person you want to follow, uh. but... 
<laughs> you know, no. at I least mean, he wasn't led around by his libido. Franklin was raised as a, uh, I, don't, I don't know now, uh, he, he wasn't from Pennsylvania now, was he? I don't think he was. He came, he came, uh, <clears throat> he came from up by, up, up by uh, Massachusetts, wasn't it? Um, in all honesty, I wish I could recall the, the, the item of key concern for me, like if there was anything that was going to denote a reason to not trust him, it would be when he was traveling, which with Bishop Carroll up to, up to, uh, Quebec, um, as, as an ambassador. And they didn't talk about religion even once. And mind you, this is Ben Franklin and Bishop Carroll. Well, there's a, there's, see, there's a problem with that too. Yeah. that it's a problem with Franklin. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. It was like, oh, you know, he was, he was a great fellow. We didn't, <clears throat> and he was courteous enough, or what was it? He was good enough that we did not talk religion even once on the trip. And mind you, they're going up to Quebec from Pennsylvania yeah. on horseback, <laughs> like yeah. like in a horse and carriage. Like, Yeah. yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's your heresy of Americanism way back then. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely horrifying. The, um, <clears throat> I mean, don't get me wrong. You, there, it was nice of George Washington to put an end to Guy Fox Day. Yeah. In in America, you know, it was kind of nice. It was like, oh, hey, we're gonna not do this because we kind of need the Catholics to help us win the war. And they tried to do that again in the um, in the aftermath of the Civil War during the Mexican-American War, and that's how we got the Patricios, the Irish Catholics in the army who defected and, and fought on the side of Mexico because they realized that the U.S. Army was just persecuting Catholics. Yep. Yeah, that, was a, that was a great movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, hmm, weird. Yep. <laughs> Let's see, and I think my friend Tom from Michigan uh, shot me a news article talking about how Geronimo was a Catholic. Um, and I'm, and I'm like, I looked at the article. I was like, yeah, I knew that Geronimo means Jerome. It's French. Yep. It's the French translation of, of St. Jerome. Yes. Um, so the Apache war chief was like, Oh, Hey, yeah, this is a great Apache war leader. Yeah. He was Catholic. Yeah. Sitting bull Catholic. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't like, Dear family in America, I don't know if you knew this, but the noble noble savage that was the American Indian were Catholic. Yes. Yeah. And yes, they were for, they were ferocious war fighters. Duh. Yeah. Can I point you to the Cristeros, to the Vendée, to the Crusaders? You know, at what point do you like? We fight. We yeah. don't always fight. A lot of times we go to martyrdom, but we do fight. And there, that could well be the question of 2023. Yeah. Will we fight now? Yep. Because they're trying to find a way, and I don't think it's working thus far, but they're trying to find a way to eliminate gun rights among Americans. But I don't think they're going to, I don't think that's going to go as well for them as they think it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see that. And that could be, you know, that could be the, uh, uh, schism, as it were, in the U.S. Well, I don't think that's actually like if they're smart, and I, and they're not. But if they are smart, they'll just skip it. Yeah. Because it's very, very as of right now, there's not a polarizing force 
that, by the way, actually in this country right now would unite both the left and the right in America uh, because you get Antifa and the likes of them. Um, <clears throat> I don't know uh, how many people are familiar with the John Brown Gun Club, but that's an Antifa uh, aligned gun gun rights group. Like hard, hard leftist. And then on and then on the right, obviously, you know, most people on the right are pro Second Amendment anyway. And that's the one way that you'll that you'll absolutely unite the quote unquote extremes of both sides of that argument is to go after is to go after guns. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've trained with uh, there's a African American gun owners club. I've trained with them in the here, well. They're, they're mostly located in the city, but yeah, uh, yeah, of course, trained out out uh, out in the more rural areas. So yeah, yeah. If they're smart, they'll just skip past the gun thing altogether. If they're smart, because you can actually uh, immolate American liberty, as it would. I, I don't. I hate even. I hate the phrase. Anyway, but you can immolate the constitution without even actually going after the second amendment. And you can actually strip the people of their freedom without even, without even looking in the second amendment's direction. And all they have to do is finish off the work on the CBDCs. Yep. Cause once you eliminate cash, once you get rid of the currency and, and change that out and you make it programmable and you mm -hmm. do what China's doing with the social credit stuff, you mm -hmm. don't even need, who cares if you got guns? You're going to be shut out of everything else. Yeah. You're not like you go to work and your paycheck's not going to work because you won't be able to go to the store. And yeah. it's, oh, but they would never do that. I think some of y'all forgot what they did to the Canadian truckers. Mm -hmm. Shut that crap down. And then tried and then tried to go after give, send, go when they were like, nah, dog, we're just going to go ahead and make sure the money gets out there. Like <clears throat> it's <laughs> they don't have to do the Second Amendment. I thought they did, but the reality is if they skip it, who are you going to fight? If they just go after the money and shut down the money, who are you going to fight? Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. And then and, and that's, that's the, that's the other, that's the dangerous thing is, you know, if you have people that, that can't trade in the normal way and they're, you know, then that's going to explode into violence. Yes, but you know who it's not going to explode into violence on? The government. It yeah. won't be the government because the government can pawn it off and say, well, the Fed did it. It's the Fed's program. But yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know that, you know, I mean, we know that the Fed is not the government. And but even if, and, and uh, even I like think they're close enough that people might, uh, people might say, well, it sounds, it sounds close enough, you know? Yeah, but it won't at that point, it doesn't actually matter what you do. Like legitimately, it doesn't matter what you do. Are you going to go after the IRS? Oh, okay, cool. They're not the source of the problem. It won't change a thing. You're going to go after the Federal Reserve in San Francisco? Okay, cool. It's not going to matter. It's not going to change a thing. You go after the Fed in New York? Okay, cool. You could go after all 12 locations of the Fed, and it's not going to matter. And that's the perfect storm. <clears throat> exactly. It won't matter. 
okay, cool. Well, who do we go after now? We go after the White House? Okay, cool. You know, dude's got Air Force One. Yep. Go after Congress? Oh, okay, cool. It's not like they're not ready for that one second time around. Yep. Yep. Oh, hey, by the way, I mean, most of them are of the opinion, like, you can meet on a Zoom call, so literally none of them actually have to be present anymore. So yep. they could literally just unask the Capitol, go back home, and and do all their committee stuff on via Zoom. Yeah. Now how are you going to do it? Like, legitimately, we're at the point now where, I mean, what are you going to do? Go after the NSA. Nobody even knows where the NSA building is. Right. Like where, where the location is of all the servers that's keeping the whole internet on backup. Nobody yeah. knows where that is. <clears throat> and I say nobody knows where that is. Some people do. The problem is, is that there are multiple locations. Right. And so some people, so you might know where one of the locations is, but you're not going to get to all of them. <clears throat> like we're literally at the point where you just have to stop and just wait for people to interfere with you directly. Yeah. Otherwise, you're stuck. Otherwise, you're going to attack. I mean, who are you, who are you going to attack? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's no. That's the thing. That's that's. I think that's that's one of the things that that we have going for us as Catholics is that you know typically we don't attack. We defend, or or we, you know. We choose the uh, the path of martyrdom, but we don't attack, generally speaking. Yeah, and we got the rosary, so, I mean, what are you going to do? Yep. You're going to make a bunch of rosary martyrs? <laughs> Good luck with that, boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to work really well. <laughs> it's pretty much, that's not going to work the way you think it is. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> Although, admittedly, with the Bishop's Conference being as weird as it is, I mean... Oh, man, that's really not going to go. It's just too. It'll be so much chaos and confusion vis-a-vis yep. um, -vis ruin that it might actually be sufficient enough penance for all of us or reparation for all of us that our Lord may actually come <laughs> be like, all right, let's just fix this now. Well, it could be enough to get the, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. True. And I'm. As predictions go, I'm still holding on to that one. Mm -hmm. 2029, 2033, I haven't seen anything to indicate otherwise. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, and now I don't know exactly how it's going to transpire, but, well, I mean, Pope Francis did sort of line up the pieces. So we know we're, <laughs> we know we got a few of these that are definitely going to start popping. Like some of these things, keeping in mind, actually, and this is, for for a lot of people who are hanging on every word in there, all of the private revelations of Our Lady are actually conditional prophecies. Right. If this, then this. If not this, then this other thing. Um, you know, and so we're in the, oh, hey, well, this is kind of, ob well, no, it's actually not obvious. It's not obvious that everything is tr is is transpiring exactly. Now, the thing is, is that the nature of what was prophesied you can kind of, as the events are transpiring, you can kind of just sort of kind of fill in the pieces. Um, <clears throat> but we're clearly not there yet because we haven't got all the pieces yet. Right. So. <clears throat> but <laughs> if you're not doing penance and, and, and making reparation on your own, 
in accordance with your state and status. And that's actually the other thing too. Um, one of the things that makes it difficult to do penance properly is if you're caught up with all this nonsense going on around the world. If you remember what Our Lady said at Fatima, the penance that she desires is that you live your life according with chastity and humility according to your state and status in life. Right. So if you're a priest, be a priest. Be the best priest you possibly can. If you're a bishop, get right because you're about to get smacked. <laughs> like, like I can totally like, I'm just kind of looking at that one. Most of you guys are older. You're much closer to death than I am. And you don't want to carry that into the afterlife. Get right. <laughs> um, if you're laity, which is the most of us, if you're married, be the best husband you can be and get your and get your wife and your children into heaven. If you're if you're a, if you're a wife, be the best wife you can be and get your husband and your children into heaven. You know, beyond that, be Catholic. It's literally what she asked of us. She asked us to be Catholic. Yeah, she didn't ask she didn't ask us to go on a holy crusade. She didn't ask us to go on a Christiata. She didn't ask us to become the Vendée, except in maybe a figurative sense. She asked us to remain in the faith and to actually follow the doctrines and the dogmas of the church, to remain in communion with Rome and remember that being in communion with Rome is a little bit different from being in communion with this pope. Well, and see, and that's the problem is that you know, all these, all this confusion comes up, and it gets, you know, it makes things, it makes things difficult. And yeah, the more non, yeah, the more nonsense that we get out of, the, out of this pontificate and out of the Vatican, the more yeah. I remind myself that I'm in communion with eternal Rome, not these yahoos. Yes. There's nothing about me that's in communion with Tucho Fernandez. Right. You know, but I'm very much in communion with Cardinal Seurat very much in communion with Cardinal Burke, very much in communion with Bishop Strickland. Why? Because they're in communion with eternal Rome. Right. <clears throat> and, I mean, they got flaws. They're men. What else? They're men. Like, holy crap. How badly do we have to be reminded that we're just talking, like, oh, well, you don't put your trust in men. Yeah. You put your trust in God. You put your trust in Christ. You put your trust in Our Lady. And you put your trust in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That's it. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could say, you know, I, I, agree, with, I agree with you about uh, Strickland. And I've, I've seen him in person. You know, I was at the Michael Matt Shindig back in September. And uh, he's... He's he's solid. He's honest. He's he's the real deal, you know. He's um, even if he get like he's not a theologian, uh, he's but not, a guy who spends that much time in front of the Blessed Sacrament's not going to go far from the faith. There you go. You know, if he doesn't if he doesn't do his <clears throat> pronounce his Latin exactly correctly, if he's never said the Apostolic Mass but a few times, you know. I can cut him. I can cut him some slack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> the earthly me <laughs> is hypercritical of people who are speaking Latin. I used to lambast Dr. Marshall <laughs> on in his comment section, but like, dude, <laughs> please roll an R occasionally. 
<laughs> You're in Texas. I don't understand how you don't know it. Like, I know you can speak at least some Spanish. Integrate that stuff. It'll help. <laughs> and he's gotten much, much better, uh, admittedly. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it, it, it's the American accent with Latin. Like a lot of people probably don't know this, but the American bishops during the Second Vatican Council insisted on saying everything in Latin and they needed trans and everybody else needed translators for the translators. That's how bad the pronunciation was. Yeah. <laughs> Gracious. <clears throat> so if you so if you don't speak Latin all that well, oh, well, you know. Ah. Neither do most people. Yeah. The Italians have it right. So it, like when you're listening, when you're listening to Archbishop Vigano, whenever he's actually saying stuff in Latin, um, that's how it's basically supposed to sound. Yeah, they're the closest. It's know? their it's it's still their language. It's I mean, they don't use it anymore, but it's, yeah. it's their accent. So. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there aren't many people who can do. um who can, there aren't that many people who can actually speak languages with a, with some form of native accent. That's very, very difficult to do. Unless you're, unless you're a polyglot, unless like you're, um, I mean, you know, obviously French will speak French with a French accent. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, uh, like there aren't, so I didn't realize that I stuck out among people until I was actually uh, assigned and working alongside the French army. And when I was picking up French, working alongside them, I would have, you know, there was one, there was one point where I greeted our, our brigade, like the brigade commander of the unit uh, that I was assigned to, who was a French colonel. And when I greeted him, we had a short conversation and then he commented, he goes, you have the accent of someone from the South of France. Nice. Yeah. And that was kind of the point when I realized it was like, wait a minute. Okay. Because I do have a sympathetic ear and I can pick up. Um, I usually, when I pick up a language, if I'm, if I'm immersed in it, I'll pick it up with the accent. Um, but that's not, that's rare for a lot of people. Like they'll pick up the words, they'll pick up some of the pronunciation, but being able to pick up a dialect is very, very difficult for, for most people. So I don't lambast yeah too too bad um but you know it's initially early on and when i say early on we're talking like 2018 2019 was actually when i was in the combat comment section so i'd, I'd like to think i've grown since then yeah <laughs> the um and now it actually it's much easier to accept the uh, the only the only time I'll take issue with it is if I can't understand what's being said, um, because of you know because of how thick the uh, the American accent or the other accent because I mean believe it or not like French uh, speaking Latin is another one that gets a little bit rough because of the way they pronounce R's. <clears throat> how are they different? Yeah, yeah, and so it gets a little bit little bit tough. The, um, but, <clears throat> oh man, I am so glad that Spotify doesn't have a comment section. <laughs> uh, 
I was like, oh, you want to talk? Oh, by the way, if you guys actually want to lambast me, you can email me, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. I will gladly take the criticism for being a pompous butthead. <laughs> no, I was going to actually, I was going to say my my second favorite uh, Latin is from, a, is to hear a French speaker. It, yeah, it, it only gets a little bit difficult uh, occasionally because yeah. for the most part, they, oh man, the French accent, um, they, they just make languages smoother. Yeah. <clears throat> The, uh, it's just when you get like a word that's got a lot of like, where you get a Latin word that's got a lot of or R's put in just the right spot. Um, the word pedicletantium actually comes to mind on that one. It's like, oh, I don't even know how you how they can manage to even say that word, um, <clears throat> which is in the um, the auxilium Christianorum prayers uh, in the in, it's in the litany of the sacred blood of uh, the precious blood. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the uh in fact actually now that i think about it that hope because that that uh that line is sanguis christi robur periclitantium salvanos and i don't know how you say that with a french accent i don't even want to try no <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah the uh I'd, I'd imagine i mean i'd imagine it's fairly easy for them um you know, they put a lot of extra letters in their words that aren't necessary. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's uh, yeah, so it was seen to us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least in the, in their defense, at least most of the time it's, you know, vowels. Right. You can kind of roll across vowels. Yeah. <laughs> we put letters that don't even have sound. Yeah. I'm looking at you, through. <laughs> <laughs> through, draft, and drought. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Three worst three worst words in the English language. <laughs> uh. Anyway. <laughs> and all of them with GH. Fun, fun. Yeah. Ah, I'm really glad that we went over an hour. I'm really hoping that I'm actually able to upload this reasonably. Okay. The um because at some point my the last time, the last time I did like an hour and a half long thing, it took me two and a half days to get it posted. And I would really love to actually have this posted on New Year's Day, at least going into the second. So this way people have an extra long podcast to listen to and be like, oh, hey, you know, they're talking about stuff that we're talking about. And thankfully, I don't think we talked about it the same way anybody else did. Well, so. yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we, 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 I think we did it well. <laughs> we always... the, uh, now watch, I'm going to, I'm going to like, we're going to hang up here and I'm going to turn on another YouTube video or something. It's going to be, and I'll be, and be like, oh, wait, we managed to mimic avoiding Babylon or something. Well, thankfully we don't have a comment section to distract us. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know how they do that. Yeah, it, it's, oh, man, uh, God bless him for being able to do that live. <laughs> anyway, um, I figured now's actually a good enough time to go ahead and sign off. Um, to everybody, pray for your nation, pray for the church. Remember, if you're not doing penance this year, this is actually the first of the years where it should begin to really start to get bad, especially if you're in the United States. 
Um, we have an election this year. Lord knows what's going to happen. I honestly don't think anybody's going to, um, I don't think anybody's going to believe the results of this election, period. It, if one side wins, the other side's not going to believe it. It doesn't matter if it's the crusty old corpse or the orange Superman, or even if it's, you know, sleazeball Gavin Newsom. You know, it's it's really not going to matter. I, I'm pretty sure no matter what, everybody's going to be like, it was rigged. Uh, that's, yeah, it's going to be interesting times for sure. <clears throat> so, and if they manage to put any more of the quote unquote deep state into place in these United States. Um, my only real prediction actually is going to come at the end of this year, as far as the United States, because it is my assumption that next year um, in 2025, that will be the end of these United States as we know them. Um, and that is perfectly in line with the prediction I made in 2020. <clears throat> so. <laughs> This is one this is the one prediction I really didn't want to come true. Like, can we please just a little longer? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where, where, where I where I belong in in all this, you know, in the, the, the state and life, not just not just the state, the state, but the location, as in, yep. uh, in the United States. You know, <clears throat> yeah, well, one of the things that guided me out to where I am is, um, <clears throat> and providentially, I didn't realize it until after I got here. Um, <clears throat> the virgin gives birth and flees to the what? Uh, yes, to the mountains. The mountains <clears throat> in Latin, literally, Montana. Yeah. Montana. <clears throat> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, to everybody, pray for the church, obviously pray for the bishops that, you know, at least enough of them grow enough of a spine that if we're, if we're going to end up in schism and being, and being like full on Cardinal versus Cardinal, I pray that at least some of the bishops have enough spine in the United States to actually stand up and be counted yeah. one side or the other. Yeah. Like, like I, like we already know that the supiches are going to stand up for theirs, but <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> let's let's yeah, find your voice, grow a spine, and uh, speak the truth. And they're not going to get there if we don't pray for them. Amen. It's that simple. So, <clears throat> you know, we need to be praying. We need to be sacrificing. Um, I would say that this year is a good year to buy. If you don't have, <clears throat> you know, your old handy-dandy worn rosary, the one that's actually, you know, put the mileage on, it might be a good idea to go ahead and buy a couple new ones. So this way you have them at the ready. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you know, that is. I got, I got a new rosary in my prize package here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've, I've actually, uh, let's see this year. I think I went ham on rosaries because I bought <laughs> like four through the court, through the course of this year. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, yeah, it's been, and I've got another one sitting in my basket on Etsy that's actually made just made out of uh, not not work, so it's actually all fabric. Oh, nice! Something I can keep in my pocket when I'm getting on a plane or whatever. So, because oh. <clears throat> all the rest of mine are like big, heavy metal, like just ginormous, angry-looking deals. The um, 
you know, crucifixes that are like three inch, three inches tall with St. Benedict's medals that are three inches in diameter behind them. And they, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I didn't like, I didn't really pay attention to the picture. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's a cool looking crucifix. Hey, it's got a St. Benedict's medal on it. And then I get it. And it's almost as large and it's almost as large as the, uh, as the the four inch miraculous metal that again I did the same thing I was like oh that looks cool and and I bought it and I I was like oh four inches and then I open up the package I go oh four inches oh good lord that spans the entire breadth of my knuckles <laughs> so kind of miraculous metal you can see from space <laughs> the, um, I was like oh that looks really cool. In fact, actually, I picked up a cross of Caravaca, and that Joker's five inches tall. And I was just like, I didn't say, like, I really forgot the metric to imperial conversion. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't even think they put it in the yeah, description. Yeah. I just thought I was like, wow, that's nice. And I just hit, and you know, I was like, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Shows up, and I'm like, oh, holy cow, this thing's bigger than a pe- than the Pope's pectoral cross. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> you really got to stop doing that. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time to maybe plus up on a couple of... And what I would actually consider doing is maybe spend 10 or $15 on those dollar rosaries <clears throat> so that you have them to give out, you know, on the off chance. On the off, the, yeah. uh, and, and that your miraculous medals actually also... Like, like legit, this year is the year to go ahead and plus up on sacramentals before we hit the really, really crazy times. So anyway, Mike, it's good to talk to you again. It's good to have you back on the show after what, a year? Uh, It's been that pretty close to that. Yeah. Good Lord. Okay. We're not going to let it be a year next time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, my schedule is, uh, a little more open than yours so yeah it, admittedly mine does get a little bit hectic but um definitely at least once before easter and then once before next advent we need to make sure to do these roundups that you know right around the significant days yeah. uh, preferably actually i think if easter then the feast of the assumption in august perfect so <clears throat> the uh, we'll try try and make this a little bit more regular because it's a whole lot easier to drag this show on for longer when there's somebody else on the line. <laughs> when, you know, and I'm not like, you know, listening, listening to you, you know, from three days ago saying, Hey now, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the weird part about it is, is like those really long podcast episodes get yeah. recorded at random times. Uh-huh. So like, I'll be up at like two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and I'll record three podcast episodes in a row. Oh my. So like none of those podcasts, like nothing I've done in the last three months has actually been on a schedule that is anywhere remotely close to normal. It's been like, oh, Sunday at 9 p.m. And it's just nine. And and I just keep recording and it's like, and I'll go through and hit another episode, another issue that comes up. And I'll be like, oh yeah, and I meant to talk about that. And, I'll, and it'll be like four o'clock in the morning and I take a quick shower and I go to work. Uh, and then I try to publish them all when I get back at the end of the day from work. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it has gotten very, very weird. I'm trying to actually get myself into normal recording times, 
But the fact is, is that this, I, the last couple months I get home and I'm just dead. Yeah. So <clears throat> the it's like, hang on a minute. You haven't brought me on. I mean, if you want to come on the show at two o'clock in the morning, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah, that would be better. <laughs> yeah. And with the, the, uh, the three-hour time difference makes a... Uh, oh, that means we'll be awake just in time to catch Dr. Stein's podcast. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I, yeah, I've never, I mean, you know... <laughs> Yeah, he's oh Lord, yeah. Another yeah. guy it's wild hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, how come you never have guests on your show? Because nobody wants to come on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh anyways. Uh it's been great to have you back on. We will we will do this again probably circa yeah, like like I said, somewhere right in the lead up to Holy Week. I'm I will probably end up going on a on a recording binge just prior to that, okay. if I had to guess, just under the way my schedule's been going. <clears throat> but I'll make sure to actually stay awake one afternoon, preferably actually, and not and not end up actually like, hey, let's get together this Friday, and then you know, eight o'clock at night, I'm still at work. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, well, we can try it. I mean, well, I guess if you're not if you're not, uh, um, so I, I think the next. In all honesty, I think the next time that happens, if I'm still at work, I'm just going to call you from work. There you go. Because it, because I've I've done those I've done those where I've done recorded podcasts um, when I was on the hangar floor. Yeah. So. Or I suggest Sunday afternoons. I am usually unconscious. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> that's understandable. Like, yeah, like I go to I go to I go to mass in the morning. Like yeah. yesterday, I went to mass in the morning, and then I turn around. As soon as I got home, I went to bed. Yeah. See that's, <laughs> that's see that's the thing is this this year. You know, with the uh, with Christmas and, uh, and New Year's, Monday seems like Sunday. Oh, actually, come to think about it, I almost forgot. In a couple of weeks, we're going. To, uh, the hangar's going to a seven-day schedule, and I will be off on Sunday and Monday because they absolutely know not to even breathe my name on a Sunday. So, the. <laughs> And that'll actually shift things up significantly. Oh man, that'll make actually that'll make Mondays a lot easier. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> so the um, yeah, I'll, there's going to be a lot of wild stuff. Oh, also pray that I'm able to make it out to Santiago de Compostela yeah. this year. Um, the I've been trying to go on pilgrimage in to uh, that actually Santiago de Compostela is is about 20 kilometers north of my ancestral home in Spain. <clears throat> so it's kind of a double double pilgrimage for me. That's sweet. The, um, <clears throat> so if, <clears throat> if you all would, please, please pray that I'm able to do that this summer. It um, <clears throat> make my religious life much, much happier. Um, and also, if you guys would uh, pray for a private intention that if that joker comes anywhere near close i will actually talk about further um <laughs> and as always pray for all of us idiots who are on catholic social media because you know eventually we're all gonna briefly pull a michael lofton <laughs> uh, did you miss the michael lofton stuff with brian holdsworth 
I I kind of there's there's very few that I follow regularly just because you know with 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 few exceptions they get they get so you know wano crazy yeah <clears throat> yeah they, well. Pray that we only if we do end up actually pulling pulling something, it's only as bad as a Michael Lofton and it's not a church militant. Well, that, that man, how did we get through this whole episode? We didn't even bring up church militant. Criminy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to record again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. That's, definitely. Uh, you know, sometime whole, after uh, I mean, you know our 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 uh our friends over on the uh, the rundown of uh, yep <clears throat> yep Father Martin and and Mike over at Restoring the Faith and the Crusade Channel <clears throat> yep <laughs> Whew. yeah man I can't believe I actually honestly can't believe we missed that one I'm also not going to dive in that's like a twenty minute twenty more minutes on this thing anyway <laughs> yeah no, yeah, no, yeah we we, we yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, if it comes up, it comes. If, if it comes up, do we have time? Then we'll do. Then we'll do it. And uh, if not, then. Uh... Well, I figure at some point we'll we'll have to actually address it because it looks like they are about to implode. Now that it's looking like uh, people are trying to maybe feel out criminal charges against Boris. Yeah, no, so. that's getting that's getting that's getting real when you when you see him, you know. When they, when they do the perp march with the perp walk with the him. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I will say this much on, on it. Um, it's interesting how many people were willing to come out and talk about it, but they weren't willing to blow the whistle on it when their bread was still being buttered by church militant. Yep. So um, I'm not saying that they're, you know, not being genuine. I'm just saying that they could have been more forthcoming sooner yeah yeah that's you know i mean people i've talked to have, you know oh yeah you know morris is is, is is not good and you know niles is, is is a terrible person but aren't they doing such good stuff are they really like, no like... they have never done anything except you know run down a good man well, I mean, they've done a few things, but, you know, it's like, but, oh, hey, the scandals are blowing up. They've and then never, they've never succeeded in they've never even. Had had a, 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 any bit of influence in, in bringing that was any that was kind of the big thing. And that was one of the it's one of the reasons why I posted uh, on on Twitter, like you could protest all you want, but protest isn't going to do it. Right. You know, these guys are like, oh, we're doing this, that and the other. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. How many bishops have you managed to get deposed? Oh, zero. Right. And those 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 pro yeah, yeah, I know you yeah, protests. Those were not in their mind. That was a photo op. Yeah, basically. That was fundraising photo ops that had nothing to do. They could care less. You know, it was an opportunity and they took it. And any, anyway, yeah. I mean, they got big in the summer of shame, and then they just kept going. And I was just like, and then, you know, they happened to, it was nice. They timed their their attack on the Society of St. Pius X right at the same time I started attending at the Society of St. Pius X. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, 
Um, I don't think you know what you're talking about. Because that was when they like right at the time when it, when I started that I was in Michigan and they had just started calling the SSPX a Nazi pedophile cult. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and I was just like, hmm. All right. <laughs> you guys are full of it. I'm gonna back off here. <clears throat> I do kind of wish I was big enough that they would have came after me. They'd have got they'd have actually un- opened an envelope they weren't ready for. <laughs> there you go. I could have put an end to Ferndale. <laughs> I gotta be like, I would have put an end to Ferndale years ago. Yeah, right. So, but that's me being uncharitable. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, pray that we pray that if we do go off the rails, it's only ever as bad as Michael Lofton and never as bad as Church Militant. But more, I'd much rather just stay on basically the straight and narrow the way Dr. Marshall has or Dr. Stein. Or, yeah, I mean, like, or Kennedy Hall or John Henry Weston, you know, like those guys, those guys managed to stay on an even keel and not get and not get too crazy. Yeah. Uh, And like everybody else, they don't, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to say everything that I agree with. They don't have to be 100 percent right. But. uh, And I don't plan on still being doing this. As long as Michael Matt. So there you go. (laughs) Like, like I eventually plan to put this podcast down and maybe hand it off to somebody who's interested. (laughs) You know, hey, can you build this? Awesome. Here you go. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that's, you know, God willing, my private intention actually comes to pass. So, ah. Okay, now we really actually now we actually have talked about all the big stories. It's time to get off of here. (laughs) All right. Um, Like I was saying before, pray for the church, pray for the nation, pray for all of us in Catholic social media. And remember that we will always be praying for you. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Builder Mike at Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hey, for those of you who thought the show was over, again, <laughs> we, we, we stopped recording, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, Father Jackson, um, there's some stuff to say there. <laughs> uh, and I promise when we sign off this time, we'll stay off, maybe. We can release this separately. Also true, also true. I can actually split this one off and be like, oh, hey, here's an addendum. Yeah, you know, back for uh, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, again back, Builder Mike and I. We're um, and we got to talking about a couple of things as we hung up the show, and it occurred to me that there are some things I hadn't said yet, um, and some things that he hadn't said yet, and some suppositions about the Father Jackson affair. Um, <clears throat> and I had this discussion with another listener on Telegram. Um, and she and I were talking because I had to actually break it down. It was like, uh, cause I mentioned him being a plant and she was like, well, I mean, what is, you know, what it, and she, I think she thought I was saying something else. Um, but a plant in colloquial terms, when, it, when you're speaking in terms of like in, old style Intel ops, a plant is somebody that you put in as an informant. Um, and the last couple of years, 
it has come out repeatedly that the CIA and <clears throat> at a minimum, the CIA, also a few other agent three letter agencies, but at a minimum, the CIA actually uses the dem- dissemination of child sex abuse material um, as its sort of honeypot to gain leverage on whoever their targets are. Builder Mike, you reminded me about the fact that Father Jackson was loaded. That lose you? Yeah, it uh, it came out that, uh, you know, his family was loaded and the the whole GoFundMe thing was, I mean. Kind, Kind of redundant. And redundant, yeah, and that's that, that. Like you know, if you were talking about how we uh, how we felt about it all, and you know where where we were as far as you know in the in this the, the long timeline of you know did he was it was he guilty was he not guilty was he set up and uh, and I said that that was when it came out that his family was loaded. That was kind of like the thing that really, really stuck, kind of stuck in my craw. That was like they're 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 doing this, and they're you know, and especially with what with all with uh, RTF Mike went through for this. Yeah, really, you know, the point where yeah, maybe he really is guilty. And so. I run into a bit of it and oh man, you want to talk about controversial takes controversial take coming up like right now. Um, I do believe that uh, consumers of child sex abuse material need to be punished. However, I'm interested to know, and I would love to know why the makers of the material aren't like what's going on. Like the Epstein thing, Epstein is probably the only sex trafficker to ever actually pay for his crimes. Yeah. Like legitimately, like was a legitimate sex trafficker and he actually paid for his crimes, but he paid for his crimes so fast that we don't know anybody else who consumed those crimes. And it's weird because we like to go after people who have, you know, child sex abuse material on their computers, but they don't go after the people who make it. You know, nobody's gone after Pornhub for the rape videos that are still on Pornhub. That's because you know who is on <clears throat> Pornhub. Yeah, exactly. Freaking, nobody, but nobody's gone after any of them. And mind you, keep in mind that it's not just it's not just rape videos; it's also child rape videos that are on that are on uh, distribution sites like that. Nobody's gone after them. Nobody's gone in and said, "Hey, we need your servers. We need to find this. We need to track this down and go find that guy." Nobody's. They haven't done the digital search. There's never. There hasn't been in 20 years. I don't remember. There's been only actually in the last 20 years there was one location that was ever raided. And it was in 2012, and that was the first and last time I had ever heard of somebody getting raided for that. And they didn't even, and they didn't even get got for the child for the child porn. They got got for the arms trafficking and the drug dealing. Mm-hmm. So, um, excuse me. Don't get me wrong. If 
Father Jackson needs to go away for a while. Yep. But why aren't we going after his supplier? Well. Why is it we always, we, we like, oh, we're going after, we're literally going after the bottom of the food chain. I mean, you may as well be, it's like, it's like saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to prune the tree and I'm going to, but you're going to wait until the, until the leaves already fall off the tree before you prune it. Yeah, well, the only, like I said, the only explanation is, is that you know, you know who owns, you know, the, the, the elder brethren are in charge of that. <clears throat> yep, that is true. And it's the apostate elder brethren who absolutely hate everything about Christianity. <clears throat> yep. And I'm willing to bet that if they really went after the suppliers, you'd find that a lot of the suppliers work for the government. Oh, um. I mean, who funded the Lolita Express? Right. So, you know, there was a thing that actually just came out this week, or not this week, uh, this past month, month and a half, um, about the sexual blackmail that every congressman goes through. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you didn't catch that article, I should have actually covered that article. Uh, I was kind of trying to deliver an airplane. I was a little busy at the time. Um, but the article came out about three weeks, three, four weeks ago, and I believe it was Representative Thomas Massey who actually just came out and said, this is what's going on in the Congress. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so um, who's going after them? Oh, you're getting the guys, you're getting the guys who've, I mean, don't get me, and don't get me wrong, I don't, weak, effeminate men who are, who are suffering from that sort of thing and not fighting back in any way, shape, or form. Like, I got it. You don't really want them in charge. You don't really want them doing anything. But I don't care about them. I care about the people who are actually victimizing the children. Because this idea that some digital media file is somehow re-victimizing somebody who probably never even sees the thing, that's garbage. Oh, yeah. That's garbage. Oh, hey, this thing happened to me when I was five. They took film and video and this, that, and the other. And now all of these people all around the world, bro, you don't look the same 30 years later. So there's no way to tell, oh, how are you going to know? That's not a re-victimization. Somebody go get the guy who made the stuff and, did, and started distributing it. Don't go after the people who are consuming it with the same verve. And don't get me wrong, I, uh, mind you, it's with the same fervor. You are not caricature of honest aim. Oh, sounds sounds like you found uh, uh sounds like you found razor fist there. Uh, <laughs> and like I'm not saying don't go after the consumers of this stuff, but I mean we went after the consumers of drugs in the drug war and that didn't work either. That didn't work too well, no. You know, we, we should have dropped a bomb in Medellin when the when the cocaine trade was going was going off hard but we didn't well, we should be sending we should be sending army special forces to take out the cartel who are bringing in all the fentanyl that's killing all the killing 100,000 people a year in the United States but we don't you could conceivably drop a moab on the on the fentanyl production plant in China but we don't instead what do we do we go after the consumers mm-hmm. That's because the producers are paying the government. And in all honesty, it's the CIA and the DEA who are bringing the crap in the country in the first place. 
exactly. They're the ones who made the arrangements. They're the ones who are getting it across the Pacific or the Atlantic or wherever. They're the ones who are doing it. They're the ones who are making money off of it. But if we face that, well, then you might actually find the real criminals in Father James Jackson's trial. And I can tell you that as bad as it is for Father Jackson, there are people in that situation. There are people in that scenario who are far, far worse. And we're not going after them. And it's really, really pissing me off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't mean to go off on that rant, in all honesty. That was, <laughs> it was just. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insufferable. It's, you know, I mean, they're, you know, talk about millstones. Yeah. I mean, that's, by that's some the, miracle, Father Jackson went 30 odd years, never giving a single indication that this was a thing that he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. But for 30 odd years, apparently, 40 years plus, I mean, he's in his 60s, <clears throat> for that long, somebody was supplying him. Somebody was feeding, somebody was helping him feed the beast. Yeah. Um, well, there's all there's all kinds of possibilities, you know, whether he got, you know, ensnared 40 years ago or 20 years ago or, you know, a year ago. Well, I do think it actually, I, I do think this was kind of a lifelong development for him. There's some things about his statement that seem to indicate that he, that Somehow he managed to slip past the Society of St. Pius II. Because remember, at the time when he was coming in, it was it was still just the SSPX. Yeah, yeah. Um, and somehow he managed to slide through all that, and then um, help help establish the fraternal the the FSSP. Um, and by then he'd already he was already in, and somehow managed. And I'm guessing the magnitude and the extremity hadn't gotten that far. Right. Um, but eventually it does. Like if you and that's the it's the reason why that why the the sixth and ninth commandment sins are so dangerous is because they will eventually go much much further. But he managed to keep a lid on it for 30, 40 years. Um, well, yeah, the, the, the pornography thing, you know, just it, it's just a constant spiral. Yeah. You can yeah, you're gonna end up in the darkest depths of hell on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and, and somehow he managed to keep it concealed, which I mean, on on the one hand, I'm impressed because I've never heard of anybody keeping it concealed for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, usually that's a, like a five, maybe 10 year thing before everything blows up. And yeah. maybe that and maybe that was the case. Maybe it was, you know, before, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it was a print media issue for him and then became a digital media issue in the last decade, decade and a half. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, his age, that's, that's, you know, the figure, it would have been, it would have been that way. So it, it's, but what, yeah, the thing that bothers me is that he had some 12,000 images and we don't have 12,000 people arrested for making those images. Right. right. Or, you know, or at least a few, at, at least. least Five. Give me five. Yeah. You know, we don't have five. Yeah. And those are easy. And by the way, that <clears throat> I'm, I don't have, 
the gift of discernment of spirits or anything. Um, what I do have is enough experience to actually forensically look at stuff and, and kind of surmise where things are kind of coming from, you know, in, in an after the fact sort of manner. And you can track everything that he had on his computer back to its source. It doesn't matter how dark the dark web gets. You right. can pull the information. Right. You can even pull the information that's being cloned and figure out and, and, and discern and discern the cloned and faked information by the way it's faked and trace it to the real source. <clears throat> so you can't tell me that there's no way to find out who, who's actually abusing these kids. You're, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So, oh, but they're providing a market. Yeah, that was the same thing they said about the drug war. And the drug war worked so well. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. Exactly. Anyway. Man, that to the top of this topic, actually, in particular, that it's the justice end of the issue that really, really rankles me. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's not it's not it's not even like the the substance of what actually transpired. It's the it's the just horrendous miscarriage of justice. Yep. <clears throat> anyway. Whew. Gracious. All right. <laughs> yeah. I think that are, are we done now that we got actually get everything all the big stories I think I think we got the <laughs> oh lord oh. I stopped trusting the justice system a long time ago <clears throat> but the miscarriage the the degree of miscarriage that goes on these days um, every so often. And it's, and even this time around, like, I'm not as angry. Like I, when he went into it and they, like, even when everything came out, I looked at him, I was like, Oh, well, I mean, it's not like I knew the dude I donated to the fund, you know, like, like so many other people. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't even, I was like, Oh, he had money. Oh, so this is, it was like, Oh, he had money. Oh, this is bigger yeah, than just him. Really got, you know, cause up, up to that, up to that point, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe somehow, the feds set him up. You know, I was still like holding on to that little that little glimmer of hope that somehow they got in there and some way, you know, he was he was innocent. And then it was like that, but that was like, oh uh, no, no way. Well, as as soon as I found out he was loaded, I I stepped back, I looked, and I was like, oh, this is an Epstein. This yeah. is like an Epstein Maxwell yeah. thing. There's yeah. more to this story, and yep. this is only what we see. Yep. Now, it doesn't, the Epstein story doesn't exonerate, like, oh, hey, there's more to Epstein's story, doesn't exonerate Epstein at all, no. doesn't exonerate Ghislaine Maxwell, nope. doesn't exonerate, and in this case, doesn't exonerate Father Jackson. No. What it does is it says, hey, there's more here that nobody's being allowed to look at. Yep. And for whatever the reason, this is not what you think it is. Yep. So, yes, he's guilty. Got it. Good riddance. Yep. But don't think this story is over. <clears throat> it's just over for what we can see. Because <clears throat> now those three-letter agencies, all those diabolical people get to go back into the woodwork, and we won't see them again until, until they're ready to bring somebody else down. Yep. So. <clears throat> all right, now I'm actually lo- like legit done. Let's go ahead and do the last sign-off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, this is Builder Mike and Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. <sighs> May God bless you. The Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, everyone.